Welcome to Invoking Witchcraft, the podcast where the sacred and profane come out to play. So call the quarters and set the round. It's time for another episode. everyone. Welcome to yet another episode of Invoking Witchcraft. My name is Britton Boyd, and I am here with my fabulous co-host. Jay Allen Cross. Very happy to be here. How you doing, Jay? What's new? You know, I'm doing pretty good, all things considered. Um, I have given it all to the Lord um, mm-hmm. and have just decided to you know, keep on tracking in life, do the adult things, um, went to the dentist yesterday, started therapy again. Mm -hmm. So now that I'm in therapy, I just want you all to know it's over for you hoes. Um, sorry about it. (laughs) Oh yeah. I had to put my therapy on hold recently, but, uh, I plan on getting back into it soon. Um, therapy is so great. Uh, to have a person who doesn't have a horse in the race, who, who just hears you and holds space and all that. And yes, giving it up to the Lord, uh, God's plan. That's been my thing lately is, you know, this is God's plan. I'm just, a just a person in the world trucking along doing life. Like that's all we can do. It'll all come together because I have to believe it will all come together. Otherwise I will go insane. But um, otherwise, um, you know, therapy, Lord's plan, doing the best that we can out here. And we know that, especially during this time for all of you guys who are listening here, this is a very difficult time. Britt and I were kind of talking about this before we started here, that then between the news and the pandemic and attempting to sort of get back to normalcy, whether we should or not, It is a very difficult time just all across the Mm -hmm. world right now. And so if you are not doing okay, it is okay to not be doing okay. Yep. Um, Take some deep breaths. Know that we are here with you, keeping you company. Um, We were talking too about kind of the situation in Ukraine and we just want everybody to know if for some reason someone in Ukraine is listening to this, um, our our heart goes out to all the people of Ukraine right now because this is something that should not be happening. And you know, war in general should just not be happening. I feel like the year is 2022. We should, we should maybe be beyond this at this point, but unfortunately we are not. And so we say prayers and blessings for everyone over there. And more than that, we also donate to things if we can, or try to take some sort of stand if we can. So do, do what you can to reach out um, and support the people of Ukraine. If you can, everyone just hang in there. Hang in there. And yeah, likewise, Jay, similar sentiment on Ukraine and what's going on over there. And yeah, if we have any Ukrainian listeners, you know, we're a small podcast, so I don't know how how far reaching we are. But if we do have Ukrainian listeners, we love you and we see you and we support you. And mm-hmm. if you can, um, it, you know, I don't know, as a double Aries podcast show, you know, it's really hard being an Aries sometimes because you want to take the action. Like you want to get into the shit and do what you can to really change a situation. And sometimes the only thing you can do is be a witness and to donate money. So if you're in a position to uh, share your dollars with those who are suffering, please do so. Um, mm. And if there's nothing you can do, um, you know, we just got to stay on our lane and do the best we can. Um, yeah. and to help our communities. So, yeah. yeah. 
And it also too, I understand too that, you know, not everyone's in a position to send money, but you can also, you'd be surprised at what making art or writing columns or articles or um, film, making film, things like that are all mm-hmm. things that can be impactful. So if that is something that is more in your wheelhouse, don't hesitate to um, bring your art into it because art has always played a, an important part in any revolution um, right. or political situation. So definitely, definitely lean that direction if you need to. Um, in some happier, lighter news, um, we have been discussing our deep uh, love for toast this morning. Yes. Yes, Jay and I both dove into some toast. We did a little ASMR with each other um, eating our toast. I had an English muffin with a Biscoff spread on it, the crunchy Biscoff spread. Highly recommend if you have not tried it. Very good. What kind of toast did you have, Jay? I had the cinnamon raisin toast, which had like this really sexy crunch in the microphone. Yes. Yes. So maybe we'll, <laughs> that will be our, our next podcast. <laughs> we'll just start an ASMR podcast of just us just rubbing on some toast. Yes, I love it. It's very it good. So what are we talking about today? What What's going on on, on the podcast? So we are going to be diving in and out of some tarot discussion. So I know that we've already kind of done, I, I think, a, a tarot episode before, but we're going to get um, a little deeper into it. We're going to tackle some of the ins and outs of being in business in tarot um, over the next couple of months. But where I would like to start with this is just how do we start reading tarot in general? How, mm-hmm. how do we do it? How do we get good at it? Because because before we can be a professional, we have to actually learn how to how to read the tarot. Um, and right. this can be very daunting to people who are just picking up tarot for the first time. Uh, Cause there's like what, 78 cards in a deck, all mm-hmm. of them with their unique meanings and layers upon layers of meaning, mm-hmm. which change depending on which cards they are around and what question we're asking and all kinds of stuff. So it can be, it can be, it can be a little, a little daunting. So we're going to talk you through kind of some basics of how to get started, answer some really common questions that we get, and kind of see if that helps y'all. Um, the first question that I get a lot is, what deck do I start with? Is is right. there a correct deck to choose? Are there ones that are better than the others? Is there, or things that we should look for in a deck? Do you, do you have one that you tend to recommend to people? You know, I'm old school when it comes to tarot deck recommendations. I always recommend that folks just start off with the Rider Waite Smith Tarot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy to learn for the most part. It is what most tarot decks are modeled after. And it seems like folks, when, when they're first starting off in tarot, they come to a crossroads. It's like, do I go with a Thoth deck or do I go with the Rider Waite? Thoth mm-hmm. is a very different system of tarot compared to the traditional rider weight. And I think that what you're going to find for the most part in the tarot market and the tarot deck market is you're going to find an overabundance of rider weight themed tarot decks. Um, most tarot decks are modeled after the rider weight Smith framework. So I feel that that's the best way to go and to just start with rider weight Smith because it's, I'm kind of a traditionalist with tarot. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it just really lays a really great foundation. And once you learn the Rider-Waite-Smith system, then you can branch out into other Rider-Waite-Smith system styled decks. 
And, you know, so for example, you know, like, so we have Rider Waite Smith, and then let's look at a really popular tarot deck, the Wild Unknown. Isn't that what mm-hmm. it's called? Yeah, the Wild yes. Unknown deck, which is is borderline modeled after the Smith deck, but it has its own particular meanings. Mm-hmm. Like it takes on its own form and its own energy. So I always just veer folks to working with Rider Waite Smith first mm-hmm. com- compared to diving into a, a more artful deck. I mean, not to say that the traditional Rider Waite Smith isn't artful um, or beautiful. Um, it's just like these other decks. Like I work with uh, Usi Design Studios Pagan Otherworlds deck. Um, it's a fairly like it's a beautiful deck, but it's fairly minimalist. It mm-hmm. helps to have the imagery of Rider Waite Smith to back it up. In, does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. That's something too that I tell people to shy away from. And and honestly, I don't tend to like decks like this, but um, especially when you're new, you'll notice that there are kind of two different kinds of decks. There are there are decks that treat the minor arcana, which is like things like the Nine of Wands or the Ace of Cups or whatever it is. Um, and they'll just put like, say, if say it's like the Three of Cups, they'll just put a picture of three cups. Or if it's a four of cups, I'll just put like four cups. And it's like no other imagery to help you out or to clue you in on, you know, what this card may mean. Um, and the writer Waite Smith deck is not like that. It has a different picture for every single one of those that clues you in on what exactly is happening in this deck or what this deck is supposed to represent, which is really, really helpful, not only for to clue you in on what this card is about, but all that different all the different imagery present in all of those is going to add a layer of divination, something for you to work with. Other ones that are similar that I actually really like, this is going to sound weird. Um, I do really like the Ms. Cleo deck. Um, oh, I'm not familiar with it. It, it does. Um, it does have really great imagery um, on all of them. It doesn't just have like four cups, you know, it actually has kind of like a scene depicted in it, which is very helpful because these scenes aren't just there to, like, I don't want to make it sound like the the imagery helps you cheat, but the imagery helps you with more depth. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes you'll notice things in it that you hadn't noticed in the imagery before, or certain things might jump out, out at you differently than they had before, mm-hmm. which helps with the psychic part. Um, I also, I really love the Golden Girls Tarot. Whoever put it together did an excellent job, because um, it also, all the Minor Arcana has wonderful imagery that makes sense if you know um, kind of Golden Girls um background story so those are helpful also don't be up like ashamed or worried about getting a deck that has um like keywords on it oh right yeah yeah so like the first deck i ever worked with was actually my mother's deck growing up um which is the sacred circle tarot and um each one would kind of say like you know what it was you know it'll be like two of cups and then it'd give a keyword like harmony on it, uh, which is really helpful for me when learning because that gave me not only a clue, but that is also an extra layer of divination about like how you feel about that word. Or maybe, maybe we don't want to necessarily focus on the word because the image is jumping out to us differently. Mm -hmm. Um, But people get very, very salty about the keywords. Um, I recently purchased a deck that, that you could get with or without keywords on it. And I went with the keywords because, again, I feel like that just adds an extra layer for me to work with Mm -hmm. as far as like what the card is telling me. 
But a lot of the reviews were super salty. Like, I just got mine and I ordered the version without the keywords because I don't need them anymore. I am not a beginner and I know what I'm doing. And it's like, okay, well, you can calm down. Like, there is no shame in keywords. Like, even if you know the tarot really well, sometimes the the keywords can maybe unlock a different facet of that card that you may not have thought of before. Absolutely. I agree with that. And I even, you know, I still have my first Rider Waite deck my Rider Waite Smith tarot deck. And um, I wrote keywords on the major arcana mm-hmm. because some of the cards were really confusing to me. And I was just starting out Um, the, the, the keywords have since disappeared, but I can still see where I took the pin oh, and, and yeah. wrote into them. So I can see like, uh, like right now I'm looking at the strength card and it says uh, faith in yourself, battle between spiritual and physical. That was my that was my like key phrasing keywords with the strength card. Mm. Um, so, yeah, don't be ashamed. Like, you know, your learning journey with tarot is going to be different from anyone else's. And some of us learn differently than others. You know, for some of us, it is very uh, verbose, like where we keywords really help us. And for some of us, it's very imagery based or, you know, just relying on our intuition. So I think there's a lot to be explored there uh, when it comes to uh, finding the deck you want to work with and then how you're going to learn with the deck, um, mm-hmm. you know, keywords, books, etc., which we're going to get into books a little later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And above all, just don't be afraid to be a beginner. I feel Mm -hmm. like being a beginner is something that is looked at as being super shameful in the community, which I really don't love. Um, Everyone really wants to be like the master of something like right away. And um, everyone wants to be like, I've been reading tarot for two weeks. I'm opening my business. And it's like, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Like, on the breaks. (laughs) Let's be a beginner for a while. Let's let's write down some meanings on these cards, and you know, do what we need to do to really learn the Mm -hmm. process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, There is a special power in the beginner's mind, and there's a lot of me that looks on the trajectory of my my folk magic and witchcraft practice and my divination practice and boy, I wish I could go back to the beginning phase because I was so stoked. And like, you know, I had this beginner's mind and I was learning and everything. And I'm not trying to say that I'm some kind of like tarot master, but I have fallen into a groove with my tarot Mm -hmm. reading practice that has become really stable. And like, I'm still learning because you never stop learning with the tarot. But it's kind of like come to a slowing point where I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, this is what I know. And this is what I got to work with. And, you know, we go through phases and stuff like especially when I pick up reading for clients and stuff. It's like a whole new learning phase. Every time I read for someone, I'm like, oh, that's what that card means now. Right. You know, well, and sometimes too, like you'll pull a card that you pulled 100 times. And this one time it means something different for no reason. Right. Other than it just needs to mean something else today. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. This is the age old question. Oh. Our next our next question here. Reading reversals. What do you think? I mean, you of course have to read them and you have to read them from the first day you pick up the tarot, right? I right. mean <laughs> that just makes sense to just make it twice as hard on yourself. Um 
No, y'all, remember, we have almost 80 cards in this deck that you're trying to get to know, especially if you are just starting out with tarot. Like, don't worry about the reversals yet. Read them all upright. And to be honest, I know many tarot readers who are very good at what they do. Britain is one of them who don't read reversals. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I've been seeing a little heat on the social media sphere lately of people who don't read reversals and how... Um, you know, they're, they tend to be more love and light people. And I'm like, I can get very dark with a tarot reading and not have to use reversals about it. Right. You know, like it's there occasionally if I pull, if I do a tarot reading for someone and all the cards come out reversed, I turn them upright, but if they all come out reversed, that does change the feel of the reading. Because I'm like, okay, so there must be not necessarily a blockage, but that something is kind of off. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the flow isn't isn't like full blast. It's just sort of like mm, something's a little different here. You know what I mean? Um, so I do pay attention to it, but I read upright for the most part. And I think if you're starting out, it's wise to begin with upright. And then later on down the road, when you feel to try reading with reversal, see how it feels. And it may or may not be a good fit for you for sure. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's a matter of depth because sometimes people need the card to be flipped upside down to clue them in on what the vibe of the card is. And yet sometimes people can just throw down the card and realize, Oh, today this has a vibe that is more of kind of like the way you would read the reversal. Like Mm -hmm. this card is more shadowy or this, or this card today speaks to me on a different level than it might uh, than my last reading or the next reading or whatever it is. So sometimes people can like still pick up on that energy without it being reversed, like physically, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. It does make sense. Absolutely. I did see a really cute reel on Instagram recently about uh, reading with reversals and they were like come to the dark the dark side sorry you're getting the lovely melodies of my dog in the background singing the song of her people she is she's just agreeing um yeah it's all they were like oh come to the dark side read reversals (laughs) (laughs) i love that i love that and for those of you too who are like unsure about reversals remember too that like when you first go to read reversals that it's not necessarily that when it's upside down, the card means the opposite. Sometimes it it simply points to kind of the, the shadow aspect or the more internal aspect um, of the card. So for instance, like um, the tower is, is notorious for um, meaning kind of like destruction or kind of the, the disassembly of everything that we know or have built. Um, and in reverse, it doesn't then mean creation. You know, in reverse, the tower could mean like, that is something that needs to happen, but we're resisting it mm-hmm. or we're trying to stop it or, or um, put more space between us and it, but it's still inevitable sort of a thing. So mm-hmm. it's not that it's the opposite. It's, it's how we interact with it is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This sort of reminds me of a tarot deck. I don't know the name of it and it kills me to not know, um, but it was re- reversed in the sense of, what we see on a tarot card, you see what the person in the card is looking at. So it's like from mm-hmm. the perspective of the reader, what's in front of the card. Does that make sense? Oh. So it's like a scene, it's reversed. 
Does that make sense? It's like a reversed uh-huh. deck. Uh, so, you know, you got the six of swords, but like what's behind it or or in front of it, uh-huh. the, the the card. So they did this completely different art form uh, for this tarot deck. And I've really, really wanted to get my hands on it um, because I'm sure I could find it with a quick Googling. But it seemed really, really cool to take the original meaning of the card and then re- then it's just like reversed of like, what's on the other side of this card? What What's the person in the card seeing? Yeah, like, like what is the Queen of Swords facing? You know, things yeah. like that. Like, interesting. Yeah, it gives me chills. I'm like, oh gosh, this is like a wholly new way to read the tarot. I did see something similar. I can't remember what it's called though, but I, I'm having now like a recovered memory. Um, I think they called it something like the future tarot, um, but it's 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 like the same art as like the standard writer Wade Smith, but it's like what happens in the moments just after that. Like like if if the if the original writer Wade was just like a a snapshot of a person, it's like okay, what happened next? Like in that mm-hmm. scene. Um, so that's interesting. I'm. I, I need to look into some of these now. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> we could have a whole episode about collecting tarot card decks. Um, Ugh, the hoarding. The hoarding. Fancy hoarding. That's what witchcraft is. Um, it really is. For sure. But uh, yeah, um, there's so many different ways to read a tarot card. So don't feel limited. Don't feel like you need to do reversals right away. Just um, go with what feels right and what feels natural to you. And if that means not reading reversals or starting off with reversals, by all means, like have fun. That's the main thing is to have fun. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because if it's not fun, then then why are we doing it? Mm-hmm. Got to make it fun. So next question is, is it okay to use the book? No. You know, do we look at the book? No, never. Never. <laughs> <laughs> never look at the book ever. Um, no, you guys absolutely use the book. Um, you know, pretty much every deck comes with like a little book, um, that is going to be helpful. It's at least going to give you, you know, some, some of the basic ideas of what you're looking at there, but don't be afraid to like get a bigger tarot book. We're going to talk about some of our favorite tarot resources for learning here in a moment, but don't be, don't be afraid to use the book for as long as you need to. Again, there's no shame in it. Just be honest with yourself about where you're at. Um, and use the book for as long as you need to. Mm-hmm. I still reflect, like if I'm doing personal tarot readings for myself, um, I will still go to, to a book. Um, and yeah, we're going to talk about books later, uh, but I'll go to my favorite books and read through them just because there's always, you know, when it comes to reading books, there's always something you will pick out differently than you did the last time you read it. So I think it's really helpful to have like a stash of book tarot books to look through as you're reading and learning um, because new stuff's going to come up all the time. Absolutely. And especially like when you're reading cards for yourself, um, looking at a book, like even now a days, like I've been reading tarot for so long and like, I definitely don't need a book at this point, but sometimes when I'm reading it for myself, it's nice to read it from the book so that I don't um, doom read myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like the book is almost like a third party that is not, all up in my business worried about what's happening, you know? And so I can look at it from a slightly more neutral perspective. If I just read, you know, kind of like what the book says, um, it's a little bit like having a third person there with you. Absolutely. I agree. It's like kind of an unbiased view of the card and stuff. Absolutely. Which also brings us to our next question of, can I read the cards for myself? 
Of course you can. Of course. Absolutely. But I think that there are some things that you could consider before reading for yourself. So if you are mm-hmm. in the heat of a, of a, of a, like a nervous breakdown or you are doom spiraling or you are obsessing over a situation, maybe that's not the best time to read for yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I get caught up in that pretty easily, especially when it comes to love. Uh, I find myself going to the tarot every day, multiple times a day being like, you know, what's this mean? What's that mean? Will they show up? Will they call me? Will they text me? And, he loves me. And the, he loves me not. He, he loves, loves me. me loves he me, loves me not. Right. Yeah. And, tar- <laughs> and eventually the tarot deck's just like, bitch, please stop. <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> Leave it alone. The, the tarot will cop a tune. If you ask it the same thing too many times, it will, at that point, it will just start messing with you. Um, so be sure. But yes, you can absolutely read for yourself. Um, that's a great way to kind of get started. It's just doing little tarot spreads for yourself. Um, but yeah, I love what Britain's saying about kind of check in with yourself. Where are you at right now? And also notice, do you have any baggage that could maybe interfere with how you do this specific reading? So I had someone come to me at one point um, because they had tried to connect with their ancestors and the reading came back and it was just this terrifying reading that just freaked them out so bad. Um, and so they booked a coaching session with me and I sat down with them and they told me what the spread was. And the spread was actually very positive <laughs> and very welcoming. Um, but due to the fact that she had a lot of baggage and a lot of trauma from her family, she just expected that the ancestors would be the same way. And so that completely influenced the way that, that she read the cards. And I was like, oh, honey, no, like this is mm-hmm. actually like a much better reading than, than you thought it was, at least from, from my perspective, how I would read that was, would be very different mm-hmm. um, from what you got out of that. And so we kind of talked about, you know, the fact that we will read the tarot or any sort of psychic thing through the lens of our own baggage and so just, just being really honest with yourself about like, am I currently capable of giving myself a neutral reading on this subject? And that's the other thing too, is it's like, you don't have to ask the tarot terrifying things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's how like divination tools get a really bad rap. Like people will be like, I'm never using a Ouija board. The one time I used a Ouija board, it told me when I was going to die. And I'm like, okay, but what did you ask it? They're like, well, I asked it when I was going to die. And it's like, well, there you go. Right. Um, So you don't have to do these terribly hard, um, deep, you know, wound poking readings. Like, you know, just ask like, you know, what, what's my day going to be like today? You know, just keep it. Exactly. What I find, uh, one of the most helpful ways for me to read is like, what do I need to know about this situation? Mm-hmm. How do I need to be in this mm-hmm. situation for the best outcome? And I think when we take that perspective, it opens up pathways for us to kind of like pick and choose from. Um, and it helps keep us a little centered instead of like, do they love me? Right. You know what I mean? Because then you get, you know, the eight of cups and they're leaving you <laughs> And you're like, fuck, you know, like, <laughs> right. Right. And it's too, it's like, it's true. Cause it's, it's how you phrase the question or what you ask is going to be so important because again, you know, pe- people will come to me and be like, well, I want to know if we're going to break up or not. 
And it's like, okay, well, I could tell you what that looks like right now, but I think maybe it would be more productive if we asked, what can we do to nurture this relationship so that be so that it becomes strong and healthy? Mm-hmm. Right. And then the tarot will tell you that. So that it's not a matter of, oh my God, we're gonna break up or we're not gonna break up. But it's, you know, how can we how can we fix this? How can we make this better? How can we make sure that we don't break up? Um if if there is a possible way to do that, you know. So um how we phrase it, you know, don't ask anything that you don't want to know, really. That's what right. it comes down to. And sometimes the question is more important than the answer. It is. And it can mm-hmm. be very telling uh, what question you think you need to ask or what clients come to you with, the questions that they have, where I'm like, oh, this is, there's a lot going on here with this mm-hmm. question, like that we need to just kind of unpack a little bit before we even get to the tarot. Exactly. All right. What do we have next? So, do we really have to memorize all the traditional meanings of the cards? Like, is there a faster way to learn the tarot? Do we have to learn that foundation? Do we need to be like a purist about it? We we do in a sense. Um, I hate the term memorize when it comes to the tarot. Um, because that's what trips so many people up mm-hmm. is they they try and do okay, six of cups means this. And then they try and repeat that to themselves and memorize it that way. As opposed to like, you need to look at the tarot as like a friend that you get to know and you learn about them. Um, And each of the cards are kind of going to be like that. And so I am of the school of tarot learning that's like, yes, you do need to learn the traditional meanings. But first, let's look at this card. Let's look at the imagery on this card can you already find out from the imagery on this card what this card represents? Mm-hmm. And oftentimes people can. And so I'm like, there you go. You know, you know what this card is just by looking at it essentially and looking at the imagery on it and what it's in, what the feeling of that imagery evokes. Um, so I don't want people to think that they have to just like, like memorize it like it's you know test questions or something you know <laughs> like um but it's it's more of a, a more of a getting to know it does that make any sense at all it really does um i love teaching tarot to beginners because i like as a professional tarot reader i learn so much from folks who are just beginning um because yeah we'll lay out the cards and i'll be like suspend all traditional knowledge of the tarot is like what do you see mm-hmm. what do you feel mm-hmm. then you're reading tarot and i love to hear and see like what folks come up with but at the same time i'm with you learning those traditional meanings gives you kind of a bedrock mm-hmm. in a framework with which to work with and then from there you can like really begin to tap into your intuition and allow the cards to take form in a way that works for you personally. You know, for example, um, what is it? The five, not the five, I think it's the six of pentacles was coming up for me a lot when I was doing these tarot readings at um, an event when I was living in Eugene. And it a lot of, it was like kind of like a networking business event for the cannabis community in, in Eugene. And 
I kept, there was a lot of people in business and they were like developing partnerships and, you know, they were in like business with their partners and the six of pentacles kept coming up for couples who were getting in business with each other. So mm-hmm. I took it like, cause there was like a give and take, uh, in the relationship of the card and the earthiness, the physicality of the pentacles and it, and I learned a new meaning for this card through reading for folks but I still had the traditional knowledge of the card behind me to kind of like steer the reading. But it was like, but I was like, okay, there's something more going on to this situation. So I think reading the tarot with a foundational knowledge is, is good and key. But I also think making room for your intuition and what is being evoked from the card in your, um, through memory, through your intuition, through feeling is also an awesome way to read. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's kind of like, it's it's like any skill. You have to first learn how to do it the right way or like by the rules in order to then break them. Yes. And, and go against the rules in a way that you will be successful. You first have to learn like, you know, the traditional meanings, but then those are simply kind of like a jumping off point or like a launch pad Mm -hmm. um, for the rest of the information that can come out of that cart as well. That's just kind of like, we're talking like a foundation, a place where it starts. Um, So definitely, definitely do look into the traditional meanings, do learn them, but know that you can sort of learn them through the cards as you go, which will help with your memory because you're getting used to looking at the card and, and pulling that imagery out of the card and then it will be a lot easier for you. So instead of just going through the book and trying to memorize them line by line, card by card, mm-hmm. um, that's going to take you forever and you're going to drive yourself insane. Um, so definitely don't be afraid to kind of learn them as as you go. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. The way that I like, one of the simplest ways that I like to kind of break the tarot down um, as a framework is it's like the major arcana are major life cycles. There are like major things. It's the major arcana. Major things are happening. Mm -hmm. So when you pull that, like, it's like, okay, really pay attention to this major arcana card. And then we have the minor arcana, the pips. Those, to me, when we put them in the framework of the elements and, you know, earth, air, water, fire, and then what they're represented by, you know, you can work within that suit to understand like that, okay, I have pulled the six of cups. There is an emotional psychic connection going on with another human being here. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like working with the realm of emotions. And then we have the wands, like working in the realm of growth because each wand has little buds on it. Things are growing, things are changing, et cetera. And then we have swords with air and pentacles with earth, et cetera. So Mm -hmm. I think working within that framework and kind of branching out from there, is like one of the easiest ways to break the tarot down. Um, yes. Instead of like going at it card by card, going at it by suit by suit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And then too, you can also do that with like the numbers as well. Like the aces are always going to kind of have a same, a similar vibe. Same things with like the threes are all going to mm-hmm. have kind of a similar vibe. Um, and the fives, you know, all across it are going to have a similar vibe. So once you kind of know the number significances, Sig- significant significances 
Words are weird. Uh, <laughs> once, once you know the, that sort of meaning, and then you can overlay it with something like the elemental meaning, then that's going to also bring you in closer to, to what the meaning can be. So there is a lot of ways that we can kind of, you know, shortcut a lot of this learning that still helps you figure out the traditional meanings, but isn't just tedious memorization forever and ever. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree. So are there any resources out there for us to learn to read tarot? So many, so, so many. many. Um, I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but absolutely love um, Biddy Tarot, B-I-D-D-Y tarot.com. Um, lovely website. Great for maybe you don't have a tarot book or you don't have money for a tarot book, but you do have access to the internet. Biddy Tarot has all the cards, all their meanings, both in upright and reverse, as well as descriptions of what is often depicted on the card and why those things are important, um, as well as tips on doing readings and doing professional readings and learning. It's a great online resource that's free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, when I first dipped my toes into tarot, like if you Google a tarot card, meaning Biddy Tarot is the first website that pops up. Yep. And um, I got really into the Biddy Tarot community when I first started reading tarot and I knew that I wanted to go pro at some point. I was like, okay, this is like something I'm really passionate about. I want to help other people. I feel like I have a skill. So um, you can go back to a further episode. I don't know which episode it is when I sold my soul to the devil to become a great tarot reader. You can do that too. <laughs> it's, a short, it's a shortcut. It's a little scary. But Biddy Tarot is a great resource because they have this community resource where you can um, read for free for other people in exchange for feedback. Oh. And it's so valuable. I did that for about a year before I dabbled with paid readings. And I read for free for a good long while, really got the feel for that client uh, reader relationship, learned more about the cards through reading for other folks for free. And it's like, we have a finite amount of friends and family who will deal with us being like, do you want a reading? You know what I mean? <laughs> like eventually they're going to be like, oh, no, I'm good. Um, so it's great to do use utilize that that resource with Biddy Tarot. Um, I think they still have that in their tarot community. Not totally sure, but it's it's a fantastic resource. The whole community um, who I believe the founder of Biddy Tarot is Bridget Esselmont or Esselmond. Hope I'm pronouncing their name right. But Bridget, I've listened to podcasts with Bridget. She's just a fantastic human. Uh, she mm. has created a, a like a tarot empire. I love that. So if you are not into selling your soul to the devil for uh, tarot reading skills, you can always go to Biddy Tarot. Um, or you can sell your soul to Biddy Tarot. I'm sure there's a, there's a button for that on the website. Um, but yes, absolutely find those online resources. Um, I also love books for tarot. So many of them. There's there's a bunch of books on tarot, but the ones that are kind of recent that are off the top of my head, um, Madame Pamita has a book mm-hmm. on the tarot. Um, and uh, Robin Valentine from our uh, friend podcast, Coffees and Cauldrons. She's going to murder me if I didn't get that correct. Um, but she has a book out that is on tarot, but specifically on the major arcana, um, mm. which is really interesting. So check out some books, you know, go to your local metaphysical shop, see what they have there for books um, and pick out one that really calls to you. 
mm-hmm. and uh, can can give you some more some more info or some advice there. One of my favorite books, and this is the book that I will recommend to anyone wanting to learn tarot, is Seventy Eight Degrees of Wisdom mm-hmm. by Rachel Pollack. Aha! Uh-huh. Yes, Seventy Eight Degrees of Wisdom is a phenomenal book. So. She has in the book these exercises where you lay the tarot out, like you lay out the major arcana in a specific row and you create a grid of how they Mm. line up with each other. And then you can see on the vertical how certain cards relate to one another and on the horizontal how they relate to one another. And then you have different phases of the major arcana being like the first phase is like the initiatory phase. The second phase is like, uh, I can't quite remember what she suggested that it was, but you move through these phases and you, so you work with it vertically and horizontally in the layout of the cards. And I found that exercise supremely helpful in understanding the timeline of the major arcana, Uh if that makes sense, like the timeline and what phase you're in and where you're at and like what you're going through, because to me, the major arcana is a portal from the yes. fool to the world because mm-hmm. the world and the fool have this connection with one another. It's like the fool is zero, nothing, mm-hmm. you know, like leaping off the cliff. And then we have the world who's gone through the entire scope of the major arcana and it's the next leaping off point mm-hmm. into the unknown. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like it's just really a cool way to play with your tarot deck is to lay all the cards out in this grid and just watch the movement of the major arcana. And she details that in 78 degrees of wisdom. It's a really phenomenal book. And then she breaks down each card. She does reversals as well. And she covers each suit before she dives into each card. And it's, and then she has like some reading guidelines and like um, spreads and stuff in the back. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. It's an excellent book. That sounds super helpful. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. I'll have to get a copy of that because that sounds amazing. And that is interesting where you're talking about making the grid and then you can see kind of like the, the big tarot picture, I guess. Yeah. Um, a little bit. That's that's interesting. I will have to do that and see what comes up there. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. that. So here's one too. Um, I think this one is thanks to TikTok. Uh, <laughs> Is what if I just want to be a quote intuitive tarot reader and not learn the traditional meanings? Is this advised? <laughs> I wish I could screen cap your face right now so bad. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all, I just like curled my upper lip up to my gums and just revealed my teeth. That's what if you can imagine what my face looks like. Um, I don't advise that because don't. I've seen. There's a difference between an intuitive reader and I guess this TikTok flavor of intuitive reader. No shade to anyone out there reading in this TikTok because it really seems to be something born of TikTok. Yeah, like at least at least this incarnation of it, because what we're seeing a lot of is like using your intuition in tarot reading. Absolutely. But I think people nowadays feel like if they can just slap the word intuitive onto something, then that is a license to make up whatever that they, whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's not good. I see a lot of people that are like on 
on like TikTok and people are like, um, is my boyfriend cheating on me? And they're like, um, I pulled the two of cups, which means absolutely he's cheating on you. And it's with a Leo. And it's like, what? What? No. <laughs> no. That's like, not if what that he was cheating on you, <laughs> like, it would probably be like a Cancer, a Scorpio, or a Pisces because it's a water suit. Like, right. And it would be like Three of Cups reversed. It would be like your cheating card, like, instead of like right. the Two of Cups, which is all about like u- unity and togetherness and kissing and hugging. And, right. So, like, <laughs> it, using your intuition and being an intuitive tarot reader, absolutely. But you first have to know what you're doing, you know, but before we can just slap the word intuitive tarot reader onto something. Um, and we can't use the word intuitive as just a license to just make up whatever we want. Right. We have to know what intu- intuition feels like. Yes in order to exercise intuitive tarot reading. Mm-hmm. So you have to exercise your intuitive skills first before and, and develop them before you start doing intuitive readings for other people, because it can get dangerous really quickly. Oh yeah. Depending if on what you tell people. Like- yeah. If like somebody's coming to you in a crisis, which is a lot of what happens with reading for clients, you could tell them if somebody's just doing an air quotes, TikTok intuitive tarot reading where the two of cups means that yes your boyfriend's cheating on you i mean that can really fuck a person up yeah so there's a lot of like and we're going to get into this in a later episode in professional tarot reading of like client care and ethics because that is so fucking important y'all um really important and there's like even a lot of legalities Yes. Around that. So we're going to get into that later, but it's just something to think about uh, with intuitive tarot reading. And it's not to also, I realize perhaps I'm being a bit fear mongering here with intuitive tarot reading. Just practice a lot before Mm -hmm. you dive into those waters. You know what I mean? Yes. And sometimes too, we do stray from the traditional meaning, but you have to learn when the tarot is asking you to do that and when it's not. Mm Because Again, there's a difference between reading the the tarot and putting an intuitive foot forward, which you absolutely should do, and just making stuff up online for money and clout. Mm-hmm. You know, those those are two very different things. And if we just and anytime someone tells me that they're just gonna throw out like standard or traditional methods of anything, I immediately don't take them seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, simply because it's like it's it'd be like me being like, okay, I'm going to go drive this car, but I'm going to not listen to anybody at all who tells me how to drive it. I don't know how to drive a car, but I'm going to get behind the wheel and I'm just going to do it. And it's like, that's not a good idea. Um, Mm -hmm. Similarly, if if my doctor was like, oh yeah, no, I did not go to medical school. I just threw out all that stuff. I'm going to just like intuitively treat you. I'd be like, I'm going to go now. (laughs) Right? Exactly. Like there's... There is value in traditional knowledge for sure. And it it reminds me of our interview with Lilith Dorsey when we were talking about voodoo traditions and Mm. the initiatic tradition. And like there are steps to take before you can go further. And I feel it's the same with the tarot. When you pick up a tarot deck, you are while voodoo and tarot are very, very different, um, there's still like a um, a step process, an initiatory process. So when you pick up a tarot deck, you're going through an initiation process and it's outlined in the cards through the major arcana of this like journey you're about to go on because we all start off as the fool, you know? Yes. 
Yes. And I think, too, that just shows respect to the tarot itself. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm here to engage with you um, by learning about you and, like, creating this partnership with you as opposed to, like, whatever, you're a tool. I'm just going to do whatever I want with you. Mm -hmm. Like, and, of course, that doesn't mean, too, that we can't, again, we can't off... It doesn't mean that we can't, you know, as I say, go off-roading. Like, I have a friend who developed her, her own method for reading tarot, where, you know, she, she is familiar with, with the traditional version. Um, but building upon that, she separates out the major arcana cards and she reads using the minor arcana, but then she'll have you roll like a, like a Dungeons and Dragons, like multi-sided dice to get a major arcana card based on what that, what that number comes out to be. And it's totally cool. And it totally works for her. So like, don't feel like we're saying, no, you cannot have any sort of creativity, but build that creativity off of a, a, a solid foundation of the tarot. And then that way you can more easily and, and more well-roundedly, I guess is the word I'm looking for, um, do so. Right. Yeah. And uh, above all, like have fun doing it. You know what I mean? Like find your own unique reading method. Mm-hmm. Um that was uh, how, in part, how I learned to read the tarot was by going and getting tarot readings with other people, because then mm-hmm. I got to see their style. You know, some yes. of them want you to f- to touch their tarot deck and shuffle the cards. Some people don't want you to touch their tarot deck and not shuffle the cards, and the, the reader does it themselves. I'm one of those people, like, I usually shuffle the cards. Occasionally, I'll get a vibe, and I'll be like, you should touch my tarot deck. do you want to touch my tarot deck yeah (laughs) sexy i like it so what are some of the ways that we can practice our tarot skills and like build these skills and like practice these foundational traditional meanings and stuff so one of the ways that i really love to kind of what, what was very helpful for me in building my tarot skills was doing what i call dummy readings which is where like you don't ask any sort of question. You're you're not because that's the thing that like throws people off. They're like, I don't have enough things to ask about to, you know, practice that frequently. And it's like, okay, but you don't have to actually ask anything. Your, your tarot reading doesn't actually have to have a meaning that is applicable to your life necessarily. So what I would do is I would just throw down random cards in a spread and I'd pretend like I was reading for somebody and I'd go, okay, based on these cards. What is the story that I can see in this mm-hmm. that I would then tell this person that I'm reading? Um, so, and often, I mean, sometimes like you do that and it does kind of come back with a message for you, but not often. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can kind of see things like, okay, um, you know, the center card is the fool. Okay. So that means that it's a new beginning. Um, and then maybe like the two of wands is crossing that. So it's like, you're trying to start new, but um you know, there's a lack of resources, which is getting in your way and things like that. And so it helps you build the story of what you are seeing in the whole spread Mm -hmm. um, just by fake readings for nobody. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, just mix up your tarot cards, throw down a few of them. Don't, you don't have to take everything into your soul as the deep meaning truth from the tarot, you know, just because they're tarot cards, you know, you can just do just practice readings for nobody that don't really mean anything, but you can kind of connect the cards, find out what this whole story would be if you were reading for somebody. Does that make sense? It really does. Um, I feel that a large part of reading tarot for folks is storytelling. 
yeah. it's, it's finding the thread of the story within the cards. So I think that's like super helpful and a really awesome way to practice the cards is, yeah, throw a few of them down, pull out a story, see what you can find and then go from there. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's that. It's that bedside manner or table side manner, as I've heard you say, you mm-hmm. know, we want to weave a story like we want to create an, an ambience with our tarot reading for our client or for our friend or for our sister, or whoever that we're reading for. Um, because then it, it like, it adds a really beautiful element to a reading, I think. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what is our next possible way to practice your tarot skills or get to know your tarot? This is my favorite one because I've done this pretty much every day since I picked up my first tarot deck from Powell's in Portland um, is a card of the day. Yep. Card of the day. Super simple. You just shuffle your deck and say, what do I need to know for this day? What is my wisdom and guidance for this day? Shuffle your deck, pull a card and just meditate on that card through the day. See how it shows up. It's a Mm -hmm. really effective way to learn it card by card. And then if you get repeat cards or um, creeper cards, as I like to call them, um, then it really gets you, gives you an opportunity to sit, sit with the card and be like, mm-hmm. okay, how is this showing up in my life right now? You know? You get to see it in action a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. And, and two as well, it, I, I've seen it done multiple different ways. So like sometimes people are like, okay, I, I pull that first thing in the morning and then I think about it all day. Um, and then other times people are like, okay, I just had my day and it's the end of the day and I'm going to pull a card for it. And sometimes that's a little easier for people's brains because they're not like looking for it all day mm-hmm. versus they can pull it up and then reflect on their day, what has happened and, and the card that, that they picked for the day. So either way, it's just a good way just to get the tarot cards in your hand, looking at them, thinking about them. Um, and that's a nice way to do it kind of one card at a time, mm-hmm. little bite-sized pieces. Mm-hmm. For sure. So what's another way that we can uh, practice our skills? Um, Of course, read for yourself and read for friends um, as often as you can. Um, Normally, when you begin reading tarot cards, a lot of the folks around you that are friends are more than happy to have you give them free readings. Um, That's how I started. Um, Really doing the tarot was... um, Me and my friend, Holly, shout out to Holly if you're listening to this, um, used to get off work and we'd walk down to Triple Indy, a bar in Portland, and we'd sit in a booth in the very far back um, and get martinis and I would read her tarot cards for her. And and then other people started showing up as well. And so I'd read their tarot cards too. And then um, that was a great way to practice um, in a very low pressure setting. You know, it's just friends. No one's paying you. If you get it wrong, you get it wrong. Like, um, so yeah, read for yourself, read for your friends. Do it. Yeah, super fun. And another way that I like to practice tarot skills is um, meditating on the cards and their symbols. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do a little shameless self-promotion here. Um, I have a tarot anointing series in my shop at bloodmoonbotanica.com. And um, one of the ways that I like to meditate with the tarot is by using a spiritual oil along with Mm it. Um, So if, for example, the fool is a card that's really following me, it's showing up in multiple readings, I'm pulling it as my card of the day multiple times uh, in a week. 
that kind of thing. Um, then I would use the full anointing oil that I've created to really connect with the card in kind of a visceral way. Mm-hmm. It kind of like brings it to life in a sensory kind of way. So that is one way I like to meditate on the tarot. Um, but also just like traditional meditation where you put the card in front of you and you really just absorb the color. Color mm-hmm. is really something that I think gets overlooked is like, is the sky cloudy? Is the sky mm-hmm. clear? Do we is have it windy that day? Is it windy <laughs> that day? Like there's a lot going on in these cards besides just like the person hauling a bunch of sticks up a hill. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? The sky, I believe in that card is clear, right? Mm-hmm. It's a blue sky. I think so. I don't have it's not all that bad. Yeah. The air, the air is clear. That's just one way I like to meditate with cards. What about you, Jay? No, that's pretty much how I do it too. I kind of just set the card in front of me. I just kind of find a quiet mind and kind of just look at it and see, you know, what things jump out at me, how they make me feel. And then you'll notice little things like, um, like the six of swords, I believe it is when they're in the boat going away, kind of, and people talk about, oh, that's like travel or transition or things like that. But a lot of people don't notice that on one side of the boat, the water is choppy mm-hmm. and on the other side, it's smooth. Right. And that's also important in the reading of the card. Too. It is. So oh, you're transitioning from like that, that those rough seas to calm waters, like calm waters are on the horizon. They're coming for you. Exactly. So kind of just see what the little detail things that you can pick up and, and what they may mean, because that will help give your tarot depth. Yes. So I have a question for you. This is uh, kind of going off off roading here a little bit. What is your favorite tiny detail in, in the Rider Waite Smith deck. Do you have a favorite, like little tiny thing that most people don't see? Um, in the Nine of Pentacles, I believe. Oh is no, the you're... snail. Oh, that's the one I was gonna say. <laughs> I love the snail. I, I know. Snail. Me too. It's like really like not very noticeable, but in the lower left hand part of the deck is this tiny uh-huh. little snail, and it's just like trucking along, and it's like. <laughs> There's a slowness to that card, like yeah, just luxuriating in a garden of grapes with your yeah. hawk, and you're just chilling. To your me, golden moo moo, right? To me, yeah. it's the empress. It's the empress enjoying her garden. Yes, that's how very I similar it. energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. You, I love that. You stole that little nugget from me. <laughs> I love. I love the little snail. So. Get your tarot deck, go to the Nine of Pentacles, find our little snail friend, say hello, um, and see if you you find out any other fun details that are waiting mm-hmm. there in the tarot for you. Um, but you know, in the meantime, while you're doing that, don't forget to... Do witchcraft. Do it. Support for this podcast comes from our listeners. If you would like to support Invoking Witchcraft with a one-time donation, please go to invokingwitchcraft.com backslash donate. Or if you'd like to become a premium listener, join the coven at invokingwitchcraft.com backslash coven. There you'll get access to our exclusive Facebook group for discussion and connection, as well as access to occasional workshops. We hope to see you there.